From Dartmouth College, I'm Lee Coffin, Vice Provost for Enrollment and Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid. Welcome to The Search. Hello from my living room here in Hanover, New Hampshire. Like all of you, I've been working remotely since late March, and this podcast is my way of reaching beyond my sofa to offer some guidance as your college search begins from home. You can't come to us, and we can't come to you, so I'm potting into your life, and I think I just invented a verb. Uh, as our shut-in spring inches towards a stay-at-home summer, I'm sitting on the floor with my dog Logan by my side, as I record this conversation with you via Zoom, this podcast won't be slick, but it will be sincere, as I share what my colleagues would have shared with you had COVID-19 not interrupted your junior spring. And yet, life goes on. We can't keep blinking into the future and saying, what if? I'm an optimist. And I'm looking ahead as I invite you to join me on this podcast, uh, which I'm seeing as a conversation in many parts that becomes a roadmap for you to adopt as much of it or as little of it as you need to move forward. Podcast um, will offer you, uh, students from around the world, I hope, advice about the college admission process. Uh, We'll talk about how do you research the best school for you? Um, What counts when you apply? And someone like me reads your application. How do you tell your story in a powerful way? How do you navigate the important question of affordability and the maze that can sometimes be financial aid? How do you figure out a college's vibe, particularly if you can't go to the campus right now? Um, How do you join an American college if you live outside the United States? Our focus throughout this pod series will be on helping you carve a path. Um, for yourself. But let me be clear about an important point as we meet each other. This is not a podcast about admissions in a global health crisis, but it was inspired by the consequences of the pandemic. In mid-March, you know, I was wandering around McNutt Hall at Dartmouth. My campus was buzzing with juniors and their parents as you started visiting for info sessions and campus tours as the snow was just starting to recede in New Hampshire. Admission officers were planning spring travel where we were anticipating meeting you at college fairs, at high school visits, at case studies, and then everything stopped. It was like the roadrunner had hit the edge of the cliff and we were all peeking over the edge. And I think the roadrunner has a different path ahead of him. And if you're wondering how to start your search, how to plan an application, how to think about testing and financial aid and the essays, and you're doing all this from your bedroom, uh, which is now a classroom, I know how you feel. My own college search was hardly well-conceived, certainly wasn't very strategic. And yet here I am, Um, you know, I'm the oldest of five kids. I was the first in my family to earn a college degree. Um, That's now known as first gen, 
but when I was a senior in high school, it just meant I was clueless. I really had no idea how to get to college, although I always knew that was my goal. I attended a large public high school in Connecticut, which I now appreciate was an under-resourced place, particularly around guidance counseling, and we had a huge student to counsel ratio. So my first visit to the guidance office was October of my senior year. I made an appointment to see my guidance counselor. He, you know, I went in as a straight A student. I was the president of the National Honor Society. He pulled out my transcript, he looked at it, and he said, ugh, I don't have time for the smart ones. Go back to class. Here's an application to the University of Connecticut. And that was it. And I went back to class. And as it happened, a bit of serendipity, I had a, a makeup exam in chemistry a couple days later. My teacher gave me a ride home. She asked the question everybody asks high school seniors, so where are you applying to college? And I said, I don't know. And as double luck would have it, her husband was a guidance counselor in a nearby town. She said, why don't you come over after dinner later this week with your dad and, and bring your report card and he'll take a look. And I did that. And all of a sudden opportunity opened in front of me and I had a list. I had something to do some research on and things started moving forward. And that experience taught me something really important that there are students around the world doing really well in high school. They don't necessarily have the resources in school or at home to make a plan and follow it. And that motivated me many years ago to be a college admission officer. I wanted to be a resource to students like me who knew that college was their future but didn't necessarily know how to make it happen. Um, I've been doing this for over 30 years at this point, and the last 25 of them, I've been a dean at Dartmouth for the last four, at Tufts University for 13, at Connecticut College for six, and for a couple of years at Milton Academy, uh, independent school near Boston. And I also worked as a freshman proctor at Harvard, uh, as well as a freshman advisor at Tufts while I was there. And so I have some experience thinking about how do students arrive at college and build off their admissions experience and make the first year fall a meaningful one. Um, so that's me, I'm here to help. And I will invite into this conversation from episode to episode, students, fellow admission officers, some college counselors, uh, maybe a journalist or two, uh, to help you think about the search, help you think about the questions you need answers for. And together, I think we'll have some fun as we think about this and get you started on what should be a really exciting moment in your junior year and into your senior year. So as my first guests, uh, I've invited two high school seniors who both just enrolled at Dartmouth College. They come from really different places. Jack is in Charlottesville, Virginia. Aditi is in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, but their search brings them to the same place. Uh, that is a path to Hanover, New Hampshire next fall. And 
I'm excited to begin the podcast from a student perspective, and they will share their thoughts with you about where they were a year ago, how their search ended in this virtual space, and what lessons they might transfer to your beginning that helped them pick the college that ends up being the right fit for them. Maybe tell us a little bit about each of your schools. So you're in Phoenix, you're in, you're in Charlottesville. Like what, what kind of support did you have in your respective schools as you launched your college search? Um, okay, so I go to the school called Basis Phoenix and it's in North Phoenix, kind of like an industrial part of town. It's a very diverse school. Like we have a great like Latino and Asian um, like minority. I don't know. It's a very diverse school. And um, so there's always been a lot of like people from different backgrounds. And so people's college searches are drastically different. So there is like one segment of people who like always apply to elite schools and things. And then there's another segment that goes to community college or state school or something like that. So it's been, it's been very interesting. And therefore the guidance we get is like very multifaceted because some people are again, trying to get recruited for sports, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I would say around spring 2019, I honestly did not know a lot of the college experience or anything about it. I kind of thought I was going to apply to two or three schools, and I ended up applying to more than 20. So. Oh, my God. Okay, we'll yeah. come back to that. Uh, more than 20. Um, yeah, and every time I added a new app, my mom was like, don't do this. And I was <laughs> when So last spring, um, when you started doing your research, did your guidance counselor give you a list? Did you come up with options on your own? Like, how did you start? Yeah, I don't think that started in spring, to be honest. I think that was more of a time of just me being like, so I should make a resume. So there's a common app, that kind of like starting uh -huh. factor. Um, but yeah, eventually I gave them a list and then they cut it down a lot. And then we kept <laughs> going back and forth. Um, so I think that, yeah, I did definitely get some guidance, not as much as some other people who have like private counselors and stuff. Cause again, our counselor like had a lot of kids, but yeah. you know, I really liked how they learned each kid's name and things like that. That's really important to me, just connecting and knowing why everyone's unique. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would say around spring, I was in the boat of a lot of today's juniors, except they're probably a little bit more confused than I was. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's helpful. How about you, Jack? Uh, yeah, I actually had a pretty similar experience. So in Charlottesville, Virginia, I go to Charlottesville High School. It's like a public, very diverse high school. People, some people are going to like extremely rigorous uh, college four-year program. Some people are going to community college. Some people are joining the workforce. Some are going to the armed services. Um, so it was, there's a very broad array of students. And, but I mean, my parents have always been like, pushing me to kind of stay on that build a list really quickly. And uh, like a DT, my list ended up being like over 20 schools as well that I applied to, which was, um, so it was a lot of individual, like working on my own. But I also think I did some of that by choice because I felt comfortable with working with my parents just because I have an older brother that they did this for and they kind of know a lot yeah. of the process already. So what, like, as you started, like, as you started exploring and maybe visiting last year, but exploring finding things on the internet what what where did you start like what jumped out that might be applicable to the juniors this year for me i guess i always knew that i wanted to go into theater but not exclusively theater i wanted to have a very balanced education so a place that really emphasized like a well-rounded liberal arts education was something i really wanted and i knew that immediately so the schools that stuck out were the schools that really kind of praised that idea and really talked a lot about how they want their students to have a well-rounded education while they were there. 
so because of that, that kind of started my search and I was able to kind of find similar programs in schools from there. But I knew I wanted a solid theater program that also had pretty strong academics as well, personally. Yep. Okay. And how did you, like, what you, that was your list. Where did you find, how did you know that? Like, what did you, what, did you use the College Board website? Did you use a guidebook? Like, what, what resource helped you figure out where, where strong theater existed? Yeah, so I definitely used College Board a lot. I looked up, literally, like, build a college list, and there are plenty of websites that have, like, lists of schools. I looked at, like, top 10 theater programs in the nation, and then I would click on each school and then look at other programs that existed. I just kind of surfed the internet a lot, kind of looking around on different resources like that. Okay. And that, and you found that valuable. Oh, it was, yeah, it was extremely helpful. Definitely. Okay. And how about Aditi? How did you, what started so, your search? I started off not knowing what I wanted. For example, like when I read about like flexible versus core curriculums, most of them sounded appealing in different ways because what I was craving was really just diversity in classes. Like every time I read a course catalog for any college, I drooled, like it was so much better than high school. I was like, where's AP calculus? Like, this is all so interesting and specific. So that struggle of finding what kind of curriculum I wanted took a really long time, um, especially even like urban versus rural. I thought there was appeals to both being in a big city or being isolated and connecting more with your community than the outside city. So it took a long time to pare down what I even wanted. And it honestly took until like after February to kind of realize what I was going for there. Um, but I ended up kind of deciding on that flexible curriculum. Um, I would say the most helpful thing for me was just like college blogs, like on their website. I know most people say they're like kind of biased, but I like hearing about the students. I like just like hearing about their days and things like that. Um, and even hearing the drawbacks, because another thing that was really useful was I found out how to like connect to other students. I would even like DM students on Instagram and say, hey, you're at a college <laughs> that I'm applying to. Can you like tell me everything you hate about this place or that you love? And it was very interesting. I honestly think connecting directly with students is the best option. And we get that feedback every year that the that peer-to-peer -peer dialogue is really powerful. And, you know, finding a peer that can give you a, a true lived experience is, I think, really valuable. So that got you going. You started to sort your lists. Um, how did vibes start to emerge as you kind of met places? It, the blogs, it sounds like, for Aditi. Um, Jack, did you have a similar vibe filter that you were looking for? Oh, definitely. For me, it was actually the website specifically. Like, I would look at, I've looked at so many college websites now, looking at a bunch of schools, and I, they kind of all have, like, the same normally the general format of like different tabs where one would be about academics and one admissions and then like events, alumni, whatever. And I noticed that there are so many schools that for some reason, I don't know why I just still, I couldn't understand why for this, but the student life area on the website was like hidden at the bottom of like a drop down menu and I couldn't find it. And it kind of made me realize what different schools prioritized or at least seemed like they prioritized to me. And I knew that Obviously, while I want to get a very good, well-rounded education, I also want to enjoy it and have a fun college experience for the next four years. So when schools didn't quite talk as much about their student life or didn't try to like express that with prospective students, it kind of pushed me away a little bit because I knew that I wanted to go to a school that had a strong sense of community. And what were their turnoffs as you did that? Like, were there things that you would wander into and say, well, this isn't really helpful? Yeah, the, the, like definitely there were certain aspects of a school that I feel like were very like prioritized and kind of shoved in a person's face that I didn't 
care about as much. Like a lot of the specific stats of the school, like a lot of places would talk a lot about their numbers and specifically like percentages and percentiles and scores and stuff like that. And I didn't care as much about the like numerical standpoint of a school. I really wanted to look more at the vibe and the general feeling because I wanted to feel like a person and not a number or a statistic, I guess. Like I wanted to go to a school that cared about me as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely felt like some schools were very, very focused on stats and yields and numbers and everything. And I didn't like that as much. Yeah. Parents like those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. So how did you start to narrow it down as you move through April? And what I think the parallel to for the recruitment side of this is like what virtual conversations really helped you um, move forward? Mm -hmm. I think there's two conversations. So like for the juniors listening, like one, you're going to have to have a very real conversation with your parents that like you may have been avoiding since junior year about where they see you ending up and all those things and whether your goals are on the same page and whether they think, you know, either it's like worth it to send you here or like what they're hoping for you. Cause yeah, like I um, was communicating with a lot of my friends cause most of my friends are seniors during this process and they just like kind of had some disjointing almost in the experience. So it's important to have those, those conversations first and foremost when you get your acceptances. Yep. And then afterwards, when you start to narrow it down, I would recommend doing every student event ever like we joined a lot jack and i even planned a couple with dartmouth like some zoom calls for oh. in our group things like that we have like a movie night on friday we're still picking the movie yeah i guess for me when it came down to narrowing down my list i kind of compartmentalized my schools like i had i noticed that some were very similar and i kind of ended up having like different groupings i had like large big state public schools and then smaller liberal arts schools and then some like they were all kind of all over the place so from there i kind of started it in each category and kind of figured out which schools i was most passionate about and then ended up having to choose between the different categories and choosing a size and everything which was stressful but i think actually what was most helpful for me was talking to current students and admitted students and these social media events, even on like group me's and different chats, I could get different vibes from different people and kind of figuring out stuff about the school just from that alone. So I definitely think that just reaching out and not being afraid to just talk to people will really help a lot. And you'll yeah. discover a lot more about schools that way. Yeah. Um, so let me back you up a little bit. Um, to a different part of this journey you were just on. So when it came time to fill out your application, how did you tell your story? Like what, one of the things as admission officers, um, we invite kids, in. I mean, you've got your transcript and it's got courses and grades, you have testing that kind of amplifies your courses and grades, but a big part of the, the, the introduction of you to us is the way you frame your your personal narrative so how did you each tackle that one um well for me i guess i when it comes to the common app personal essay at least i had i was forced to write that like junior year as an english assignment and obviously i changed it a lot but when it came down to just thinking about that i didn't i i kind of just didn't want to take a normal like approach that i would have to writing an essay and i just wanted to wait and see what came to me and kind of think about what's most important about me that i want to share um, it ended up being about my sexuality and how I came to terms with that. And I, it, I was literally trying to go to sleep one night, the spring of my junior year, and it hit me like a truck. And I just started writing, and I wrote it all in one sitting. Um, and then I edited it and revised it a lot. But it just, it kind of came out of nowhere. And I don't know, like, it was, I don't want to say like a, just like a random moment of clarity that I had, but it definitely wasn't a normal approach that I took to most 
of the other parts of the process. So I guess from there, I knew that that was the most important part of me that I wanted to share. It just felt like the most personal, honest aspect of my life that I felt like colleges had to know. And I kind of knew that it was what I wanted to write about because after writing the essay, I knew that if I got rejected from a school, it would, it would sting for some, definitely. But at the same time, if a school didn't, like if a school saw that aspect of me and still didn't think I was the right fit, then I would be able to accept that it wasn't the right fit because this is the most honest and true form of myself. And it's not meant to be if it doesn't work out that way because I'm yeah. sharing something so honest. Um, and from there, I guess I kind of just framed what I valued most. And I think I cared a lot about how my past would shape my future. So I talked a lot about past experiences and I kind of translated that into what I want to do in the future and kind of how they connected with each other. And that's kind of what I propose most on my application, I would say. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, and the word we use all the time when we give advice is be authentic. Like don't, don't tell us something you think we want to know, uh, which I hear a lot of students say, well, this is, I'm doing community service because it looks good. I'm like, mm, it doesn't oh. look good if it's not sincere. Um, but the way you frame a narrative, you know, I, is it's got to be a reflection of yourself as you want us to meet you. Um, in, the, in this Dartmouth example, um, you know, we have a lot of applicants and we can't take everybody. And so the shaping that goes on towards the end of the process where we're asking, how do we make this community um, interesting and dynamic and diverse and lively? And the only way we do that is by the way you have shared your your story with us. Aditi, how did you tackle storytelling? Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to tell a really close, personal, sincere story, but that's not really who I am. My friends like to say I'm lighthearted, kind of. So I took a lot of their advice, and I had a lot of loved ones read every single draft I wrote, and half of them, they were like, this doesn't sound like you. This isn't you, and you can't submit it because you're trying to be honest. So actually, I have the inspiration for my real comment app. It is my desk. For everyone listening, there is, like, checks and uh, water bottles and uh, duct tape and... Uh, political stickers and a lot of other stuff on my desk and I wrote it about how it's very messy and kind of a reflection of my life since my mom likes to say I talk like I have 40 tabs open in my brain so <laughs> I wrote about how like while that for some people may show juvenility or a lack of maturity or something else or a lack of commitment for me it displays like an interest in diverse issues and kind of a form of passion. So I wrote about that. So it ended up being a little bit more serious than it started off to be. But um, I took so, so, so many drafts to get to that point. And um, honestly, yeah, my biggest advice when it comes to essay writing and storytelling is have someone who knows your story read it. And if that isn't your family and friends, if it's some close English teacher, I know people always have those connections with English teachers. Like yeah. if it's them, if it's anyone else, if it's an old camp counselor, honestly, anyone who knows you, they should be reading it and telling you if it sounds like you. Well, and what, you know, to that, one of the tips I give students is write a draft hand it to someone you know and say, what headline would you put on this piece of writing? Or if you were gonna tweet about it, how would you distill the content of this essay down to 160 characters? And if you hear back a headline or a tweet that doesn't sound like what you wanted the reader to take away, time to rewrite it because the way you presented it didn't line up with the way someone's interpreting it. But what's also interesting is you both answered that question is, 
you know, Jack had a moment of epiphany in the middle of the night where he just popped up and wrote it. And you wrote draft after draft after draft yeah. until you, so it's like, like neither one was right or wrong. Like you both came to your storytelling in the way that was organic to either your comfort with being spontaneous and feeling like this is true, or you had 40 tabs open in your brain and it took you That's a while to click, yeah, to click through them all and get to it. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you just as a little insight that, um, I peeked at your applications before we blocked, before we went on the pod and the things you're talking about came through. Like you introduced yourself in really lively ways that helped the admission committee meet you. And I'd say meet with air quotes because we didn't meet you until just now um, in a way that was more dynamic than just saying here are two students with lots of A's and, and nice testing. Um, you know, here are two people that can join a community like the one we're trying to frame and make it um, a richer experience for, for you and your peers. Um, if you could go back into your, either a year ago as the search was starting or as you started to apply, what would you change anything about the way you, now, now that you've got the wisdom of being a senior in high school who's got a college sweatshirt that you can say, that's mine? <laughs> Um, I think the one of the things I would change would be um, to I wouldn't want to focus on the name of a school as much like for me a lot of it was about a reputation because there are certain schools that I just heard more about because they kind of have larger academic or artistic uh, reputations and I think I would have taken a second to just kind of look at a school for what it is instead of its name or reputation or famous alumni that went there like 40 50 years ago like schools change a lot and there's so much to a school besides just its title. And I think I would have told, I would tell my junior self to look at every school honestly and openly and not focus as much about what I've heard about it from random other sources based solely on reputation. Yeah. Great. I love, I love the way you just said that what I would tell my junior self. That's a good <laughs> way of kind of imagining us. How about you, Aditi? I would agree with what Jack said. And then I would also have added on like, take more advice from people around me, especially people who went through college in the U.S., because, like, my main source has always been my parents who didn't go to college here, and they learned about the college process side by side of me learning it. Oh, so that's been very interesting. Yeah, like, we were reading the same books. We were like, this is so, what, what? Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, each step was just so interesting for us. Um, so yeah, I just would have moved our whole, because all of this started around summer of junior year, like before senior year. So I would have moved that back a few months is one thing, mm -hmm. because we had a lot of learning to do in a little time. So, yeah, that's really interesting. So now you both seem like happy, optimistic people. So this next question might, I mean, might not make sense. But like, what stressed you out? Oh, everything. <laughs> like this senior fall was definitely very stressful I think especially applying to like over 20 schools which yeah I, I'm not gonna specifically not recommend that to anyone listening but definitely don't don't force yourself to apply to a bunch of schools if you don't feel comfortable doing that or don't want to do it um yeah the dean's going to interrupt and say don't apply to 20 schools Dude, that's that's too many I'm gonna second it <laughs> yeah, there, was, there was a lot it was it was a bit yeah. um but I think just it, not only doing the amount of work about writing a bunch of essays and having to feel like you're 
sharing yourself with a bunch of people and trying to wrap yourself up in a nice little package to give to somebody. But just on top of that, I guess a lot of what I was dealing with was just still kind of coming to terms with the fact that in a year I would be in a totally new environment and moving away. I knew I wanted to go out to state. I knew I wanted to go further away. So moving out of my hometown, meeting totally new people, I think just dealing with the fact that a lot of the things you experience your senior year are going to be the last time you ever experience something like that. On top of doing all of that work, it was definitely a very stressful time. But this sounds so cliche, but the only thing I can say about that is that just it'll get better. Just keep doing it and pushing through and doing the work, but also appreciating the time that you have with the, your loved ones and where you are because that will change. Um, so acknowledge it, but also keep going, I guess. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Were you a stress ball too? I would second part of what he said in that um, the part of just like developing a sudden love for your hometown when you really realize you're going to leave it. I was like, God, I miss 120 degree weather. I'm going to miss every <laughs> single part of it. But it's a dry heat, right? Exactly. That's what we say. <laughs> I know that's what you say. <laughs> but yeah, I've lived here my whole life. So um, every time I drove by some old place we used to eat with my friends or anything like that, I would just have so much nostalgia. So yeah, just like realizing that in all the last 17 years of my life were about getting out of my hometown. And then this last year I was like, oh, wait, now I'm going to miss it. So, that so that's well. really interesting. You're both like in response to this question about stress, you both pointed towards nostalgia. Like part of the stress was this kind of wistfulness about moving on. Mm -hmm. That's kind of poetic. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So guys, thank you both for spending some time with me on the search. Um, I look forward to, to welcoming you to Hanover. Yeah, thank you so much. This You're has welcome. been so much fun. Thanks. Thanks. Awesome. I hope you can tell how much I enjoyed that conversation with Jack and the DT. And I had many moments where I stepped back and thought, wow, these are seniors in high school and they're so poised and charming. And their stories help start this podcast and to give us lots of important topics that we'll come back to in future episodes as we think about storytelling and fit and how to make a list and check it twice and understand what is the, the set of criteria you ought to each be using to frame your search and the one that makes sense for you at this moment in your life. We'll bring in some experts also to talk about a really important part of your search, which is affordability and how, and how you and your parents can assess affordability and price as part of your understanding of which college is the best one for you. Next week, we'll be back with what I'm calling Act One, the beginning of your search with two college counselors who will share practical insights from their roles on what we call the other side of the desk uh, in schools, working one-on-one -on -one with students and parents as a search takes shape. Look forward to our future conversations. And here we go, the search is on. joining us for this episode of The Search. 
This podcast is brought to you by Dartmouth College, and we look forward to meeting you again on our next episode.